Well, he has done great things, and I think one of the great things he has done is to allow us to continue to be able to gather together to worship through the miracle of modern technology, and I'm so glad to uh, have you joining us here in our home and, and thankful that you're allowing us to come into your home today. And we are wrapping up this series of messages we've been in for the last couple of weeks called Tunnel, Getting Through What You're Going Through. And today I want us to spend some time looking at what I think may be one of the toughest aspects of the tunnel experiences of our lives, and that is change. Tunnels bring change. It's inevitable when we go through the tunnel, but it's also the change that comes on the other side of the tunnel, and we're certainly seeing that uh, through this current situation. Uh, the last six weeks, there have been a lot of changes uh, in our lives and how we live our lives, and even though we may be uh, starting to head towards the exit of the tunnel at some point, uh, there are going to be changes that stay with us long after this pandemic is gone. And I think most of us you know, try to handle change and the stress of change with sort of a bunker mentality, just kind of hunker down and, and wait for the transition to happen and then get back to life. But the problem is, if we wait for life to settle down, to get in a groove, we'll never get to living our lives because life is not uh, what happens between the changes and transitions. Life is what happens in those times of change and transition. But, but here's the good news. We can get through the transition, the changes in life. In fact, we don't just have to survive them. We can actually thrive in life's changes. And that's what I want to spend some time looking at. And to help us do that, we're going to look at the life of probably one of the most well-known uh, people in the entire Bible, a superhero of the Old Testament, Moses. And every one of us has heard about Moses, even if you're not familiar at all with the Bible. You know a little bit about Moses' story. I mean, he's got his own Disney movie. But if you really look at the true life of Moses, you can see his life is a series of major life changes. In fact, over and over throughout all of Moses' life, just about the time he gets settled down and kind of gets into a routine, gets into the normal, boom, another major life change. And it starts really at the very beginning of his life. When Moses is three months old, uh, he's born as a, a, a Hebrew slave. But because of the circumstances going on in the world around him, his mom has to put him in a basket and float him down the river just to save his life. And he gets uh, found by one of the daughters of Pharaoh, and she decides to adopt him and raise him as her own. And so he goes from a slave to a prince of Egypt, and just about the time uh, Moses gets used to life in the palace, boom, there's another change. Uh, he ends up losing his temper and committing murder, and he has to flee for his life. So now he goes from being a prince of Egypt 
to a fugitive of Egypt wandering in the desert. And he comes to this well in the desert to get some water and there are seven sisters gathered at that well and they have a conversation and they discover that, uh, you know, they're tending the sheep because their father has no sons and they invite Moses back to their tent to meet their dad. And the dad says, hey, why don't you just settle down here? Uh, help me with my sheep. And so Moses does that. And just about the time he gets used to being a, a shepherd watching sheep in the desert, a burning bush shows up, and now God is calling him to go back to Egypt to deliver um, the slaves out of Egypt. And so now, boom, there's another major life change. And then, of course, you know the story. He takes on Pharaoh, all the plagues. He leads the children of Israel out across the desert. You know, they part the Red Sea. They pick up the Ten Commandments on the way. And just when they get to the edge of the promised land and are about to go in, there's another change. The people are afraid. And so God says, well, you're going to wander around the wilderness for another 40 years. And now whole new change in Moses' life. And then after 40 years of wandering in the desert, they get back to the edge of the promised land and they're getting ready to go in. And God says, guess what, Moses? Change of plans. You're not gonna get to go into this promised land. I'm gonna bring you to the ultimate promised land. I'm going to be calling you home. I mean, Moses' life from the womb to the tomb is a constant series of major life changes. And yet Moses doesn't just endure those changes. He doesn't just limp through life because of those changes. He thrives in them. In fact, he is one of the greatest uh, people in history. How? How is Moses able to adapt and thrive in those kind of changes in life? Well, if you look at his life, I think there are many things that Moses does, but there are three that I think are relevant for us today. Three things that can help us thrive in the stressful changes of our lives. And the first one is to see God working in the changes. To thrive in the changes of life, you got to see how God is working in those changes. Because those changes aren't just the result of random chance or, or bad luck. They're part of God's purpose. They're part of God's plan for your life. Even the things that God doesn't directly cause, he still works in and through. In fact, look at what the New Testament says about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. In other words, a major life change. But then look at what he says. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He got through those changes. He thrived in those changes because he stayed focused on what God was doing. He was able to see where and how God was working in his life changes. Change is stressful. All change is stressful. Whether it's change for the bad or change for a good, it's all stressful. And in that stress, it's hard to see God. In the tunnels of life, God often feels distant and disconnected. The question is, what are you going to choose to focus on? 
the, the visible, obvious things around you or the invisible but very real way that God is working in whatever changes you're experiencing in your life. And the cool thing to me about this is no matter what caused the change, God can still use it. I mean, look at the changes in Moses' life. I mean, that first change from a slave to a prince was caused by the political circumstances around him. And then when he goes from a prince to a fugitive, that change was caused by him, by his sin, by his failure brought that change about. And then when he goes from a a shepherd to the deliverer, that's a direct call of God. God causes that directly. And then when they get to the promised land and can't go in and have to wander around for 40 days, that change was caused by other people around them, their fears, their issues. And yet God is working in all the changes of our lives, no matter what the cause of those changes. In fact, look at this great promise from Proverbs chapter three, a familiar verse for many of us. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Man, that's a great promise, but you got to understand what this promise really is. This promise is not if, if you trust God and don't lean on your own understanding, he's going to lead you to the most direct path from A to B. The promise is not uh, God giving you the most direct path in your life. The promise is that he will direct your path. Whatever route it goes, whatever changes come along. You see that real clear in Moses' life. I mean, think about all those years he spent in Pharaoh's palace. That's the best leadership training in the world at that time. God was using that time to prepare Moses to become a leader. And then think about the 40 years he spent um, leading someone else's sheep around in the wilderness. Perfect preparation for leading about a million two-legged sheep around the desert for 40 years wasn't a direct path to the promised land, but God was directing Moses' path. And he's doing that same thing in your life. God is working in the changes, in the transitions of your life. I think the question we have to ask ourselves, are we looking for how God is working? Are we allowing the circumstances and the stress and the transitions to overwhelm us, to cause us to focus on ourselves or, or the immediacy of what we're going through? Are we open to seeing how God is working in the changes that we're going through? Because if you're going to thrive in the changes, it starts by looking to see where God is at work. And then the second thing we learn from Moses about thriving in the changes of life is you got to allow those changes to grow you. I have to allow the changes I go through to grow me. Because see, God uses changes not only to direct us, but also to develop us. 
Notice in Deuteronomy chapter 34, this is Moses' eulogy. This is what people said about Moses after he was dead. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses. Moses had great power and he did great and wonderful things for all the Israelites to see. There's no doubt Moses was a great man, but he wasn't born great. He became great because he had allowed the changes in his life to develop him spiritually, to develop him in character, to develop his faith, to develop him as a person. You know, when Moses was a young man living in Pharaoh's palace, he he had some anger management issues. He was spoiled, he was pampered, he was used to getting his own way, and it was that anger management issue that caused him to lash out and, and murder that Egyptian taskmaster. And God used that and 40 years of time out in the desert sitting with sheep to develop some character in Moses. I mean, do you think Moses learned a little bit about patience? A little bit about anger management by having to be with those sheep for all those years? And then, you know, when God calls Moses in the burning bush experience, it's not like he called Moses because Moses had all this faith in God and was such a, a great man and a great leader at that point. In fact, Moses didn't even know who God was. He had almost no experience with God. So God doesn't call him because he's got all this faith. God calls him to deliver the children out of Israel and uses that experience to deepen Moses' faith. God doesn't call you to serve him and to serve his purposes because you've got the faith now. You need to do it. He calls you and in taking those steps of faith, he grows you to a deeper level of strength and character. He grows you spiritually in the changes of life. I mean, that's the difference between maturity and immaturity. See, immature people insist that the reality around them change to adapt to what they want. Mature people recognize that they have to adapt and change to the reality of the circumstances that they're in. That's why the Bible says in James 1, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And I love this next line. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. One English translation of the Bible says you will be prepared for anything if you let your circumstances grow you. See, the more you allow the changes that you go through to develop you, the more prepared you are for the future changes that are inevitable. Look, I don't know what tunnel you're in. I don't know the changes that you're dealing with in your life right now, but I do know God's desire in those changes 
is for you to experience his victory. You know, the third thing we learn from Moses about thriving in the changes of life is that you got to reach out relationally. If you're really going to thrive in the transitions that you're going through, you're going to have to reach out relationally, vertically in your relationship with God, and then reach out horizontally in your relationships with others. You actually see both of those in Moses' encounter with God at the burning bush. You know, Moses sees this bush burning on the mountain in the desert. Not an unusual experience, but because it continues to burn and doesn't burn up, curiosity gets the better of Moses, and he climbs up to that mountain, and it's there that he encounters God. You probably know part of the story. You know, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. Moses, I've heard the cries of my people in Egypt, and I'm calling you to go and take on Pharaoh and lead my people out of bondage to the promised land. And Moses' response is not, sir, yes, sir, no problem. Moses' response is, I can't do this. In fact, look at what he says, Exodus chapter 3. It says, but Moses said to God, I'm not a great man. And you know what? At that point, he was not a great man. How can I go to the king and, and lead the Israelites out of Egypt? And notice God's answer. God said, I will be what? I will be with you. See, overwhelming change causes us to recognize our own limits. And it's in recognizing our own limits that we reach out to God. I know in my own life, it's in those desperate, overwhelming experiences of life where I recognize how desperately I need to reach out to God. And that's exactly what Moses does. He's been called to do something that's way over his head, way beyond what he can do on his own. So what does he do? He reaches out to God. One of the reasons that changes are so stressful for us is because we are usually unprepared and under-resourced. And when that happens, those are some of the greatest opportunities for you to reach out to a, a deeper level of connection with God, a deeper level of dependence in your relationship with Him. But you need to understand for Moses, it was not one and done. You know, he doesn't have the burning bush experience and then just go through life with all this faith. And, you know, that one encounter with God gives him everything he needs to deal with the stress of life? No, I mean, read the book of Exodus. This connecting relationally with God, it becomes a, a daily habit in his life. He's constantly going up on the mountain to meet with God, to hear from God, to be in God's presence, to stay relationally connected with God. Now, I really don't know the, the tunnel you're in or the changes that it's causing in your life, but I do know this. One of the best ways to thrive in the changes of life is to reach out relationally to God, to do that through prayer, to do that through time in God's Word, to do that through worship. 
Not just worship as we're gathered here today, uh, but worship as a daily habit in your life, whether that's listening to worship music or or just being outside and, and just experiencing the beauty of God's creation or just taking time regularly to thank God for the blessings that he's given in your life. You gotta reach out relationally to God to thrive in the changes of life. But it's not just about reaching out relationally to God in those changes. You also gotta reach out relationally to the people that God puts in your life. I mean, at the burning bush, God gave to Moses the promise of his presence and his power. But Moses needed more. Moses is like, you know, it's great, God, that I have the power to turn this staff into a snake or that I can cause leprosy to appear on my hand and then heal it. It's great to have all that power, but I suck as a public speaker. How am I going to take on Pharaoh? How am I going to communicate with the children of Israel? I'm a bumbling, stumbling, stuttering. I don't have any public speaking skills. And I love the way God answers that need. Exodus chapter four. God says, all right, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. So you, Moses, you'll just talk to him and put the words in his mouth. And then check this out. God says, I will be with both of you. See, thriving in the changes means leaning in to the strengths and the gifts and the resources of the people that God has placed around you. But to do that, you got to be willing to connect relationally with those people in your life. That's why home group is such an essential part of just typical daily life. And it's even more essential as we're going through this difficult time and going through the transitions now and the transitions to come in the future. And if you've not yet reached out to make that connection to be a part of the home group, now is a perfect time to do that. There's a link on whatever platform you're watching on today. I encourage you to click that link, connect with us, let us know. We'll help you get connected to a small group of people who can walk through the changes in life with you, that you can lean in to the gifts and resources and strengths that God has given them, and you can bring your strength and your resources for them to lean in to. If you're already in a home group, then my question would be this. Are you sharing your needs? Are you letting people know what you need? Are you asking for help when you need help? If not, why not? Please don't let pride keep you from accessing the resources God has placed in your life through the people around you. Listen, if Moses, one of the greatest people in all of human history, if Moses needed to reach out relationally for help with the people around him? I mean, do you really think that you can get through these changes, thrive these changes that we're going through without reaching out for some help to the people around you 
and reaching out relationally to God. That's what it's going to take if you're going to thrive, if you're going to grow, if you're going to see good things come out of these difficult changes. You got to be willing to reach out relationally. You know, we're starting to see the end of this tunnel. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be in a month or six months or a year. I, I don't know, but I know we're, we're headed towards the light at the end of the tunnel. But if you're like me, you're starting to realize coming out of this tunnel doesn't answer all of our questions. In fact, it creates probably more questions. You know, what's the new normal going to be like? What is life going to be like on the other side of this situation. And I don't know the changes that are coming for us as a community, a church, or a nation, or even as a world. I don't know the changes this is going to bring to how we do life, but I do know this. We can trust completely in the one who never changes, and his name is Jesus. Hebrews 13. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much that in the midst of constant change, you are the anchor that never changes. And so, Father, I pray for everyone watching here today, everyone listening today, that they would sense your stability that they would be drawn to you, that they would take a next step in their relationship with you, that they would take a next step in reaching out to connect relationally with the people that you're placing in their lives. Father, I pray in the midst of all of this changes that you would help us see where you are working and that we would open ourselves up to the growth you want to bring in our lives. Thank you for these truths, these promises that can transform our lives in the tunnels we're going through. In Jesus' name, amen.